We have two words <coughs> that are juxtaposed right next to each other. That have different uh, meanings in the Torah. Yaakov returns to the land of Israel and he wants to, in gratitude to God, he sets up a Mizbeach. And the Mizbeach is called a Matseva. And a Matseva is, in the Torah's definition of the Matseva in these Pesukim, it's referencing a single stone altar. That is the altar of our forefathers. That's what it was, it was a single stone. And uh, Yaakov pours on it oil, and that was a gift. That was his gratitude to God, because if you remember, God had told, he, he had promised God that if you restore me safely to the land of Israel, I will uh, bring an offering for you. This is the fulfillment of that vow. Immediately thereafter, the next story, is that Rachel passes away. <coughs> Rachel passes away. And... Yaakov buries her there at the side of the road, whatever the reason was. Right, the Medrash is filled with different reasons. He buries her there. And he sets up a monument. He sets up a monument for Rachel, and that is what we call the tomb of Rachel till today. It's funny. The same word. Same word, one chapter, not even a chapter, one paragraph apart from each other, the Torah calls a matseva, an altar, and he uses the same word for a monument above somebody's grave. It's a strange thing. Strange thing, same word. The Torah can't think of a different word, you know. So the, another strange thing is that as long as the forefathers were alive, Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov, the definition of an altar was matseva, a single-souled altar. You fast forward later in the Torah, you're forbidden from making a single-stone matseva, a single-stone altar. It must be a multi-stone altar. God hates it, it says, because the Umos HaOlam, the nations of the world, they took that. It's a little bit puzzling. I mean, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob also used it. So what's the explanation? Why all of a sudden now it switches? Strange. So I once heard an explanation that, that what the transition of Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov to Am Yisrael, the very message that God wanted to impart to us was that you can't do it alone. Your service of God is not going to be as individuals, but it's going to be as community. It's going to be a collective service. And therefore, when you're going to construct the altar to God, it must be a multi-stone. Because you can't see it. Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, they were the starters. But now it transition. Now you're an Am. It's different. All of us have to work together, right? It would be much easier if, this, if the requirement was, if there was no minion requirement. I certainly would make it easier on those, you know, maybe in the main Jewish communities it would be harder, but if places, you know, it's much harder. You got to sweat for it, you know, you got to work for it. You got to uh, worry, you know, they're coming, not coming, right? And you got to schlep to shul, right? You got to come to shul, you got to make sure you get a minion. Not easy, you got to put in phone calls, Right? You got to show up. 
because he can't do it by himself. Hashem says that, no, I, I don't want a, a religion that's made up of individuals. I want a religion that has people working together, that there's an achtus, that's a unity of Am Yisrael. Now you come to the Matseva, you come to the monument, right, of, of a person who passed. That's a single stone, right? You have, a, you have the name on it. This is where it is, right? right? One of the mitzvot we have, one of the mitzvot is to bury, right? We don't uh, cremate, we bury, right? But, and beyond that, uh, sometimes what I'm speaking to people is, is give them a place to visit. So sometimes people are wondering why you have to uh, cremate. Well, why can't you cremate? It's cheaper, it's, uh, it's saving the earth, right? You get all the, all the answers, all the reasons. Right, uh, but one of the reasons that I tell them is, is that is, you're right, you don't care. Because sometimes people tell me they don't care. I'll be dead. So I said, but you weren't dead yet, so you don't know if you're going to care. Okay, so that's an argument. It's very hard. You know, some people, they get it. Some people, they're a little bit lost. They don't follow the logic. So, but, so sometimes I tell them it's not for you. You have to know your customers. It's not for you. It's for the children. It's for the grandchildren. Right, so that, that's, you make a barrier, but so they, they can go. Okay, some people, go, it works. So the, you go to the... There's a stone, because that's exactly it. They're one, but it's interesting. There's a strange minig of the Jewish people, right? It's not the only strange minig. We have a lot of strange things, but one, one thing is very interesting. You go to a cemetery, you go to a Gaisha cemetery, you go to a non-Jewish cemetery, it's filled with flowers. It's filled with flowers. My father's yard site was last week. I didn't hear this my <laughs> I didn't hear this myself from my father. This I never heard, but my nephew says over that he was with my dad, uh, two of my nephews, they were with my father uh, in Israel, they lived in Israel, they were with my dad in Israel. And uh, he tells them, you know, I'm gonna give you good advice for life. You never need to buy flowers for your wife. You just go to the cemetery before closing. They got plenty of flowers and they're gonna gonna clear them out. I don't know if it's a respectful thing to say, but that's what my dad told us. That's what they always say over here. We had his yard say it was last week, so they were saying on the phone over funny, you know, different things that my father said. Words of wisdom. So that was the wisdom. I didn't hear it from my father himself. I don't know why he didn't tell it to me. Maybe that's why my wife goes and buys all the expensive flowers. But okay, that's, uh, if I would have heard him, I would have saved money. But the, but I'm not saying so, I'm not, but the, in Jew, you come to a Jewish cemetery, what do they do a Jewish cemetery? Stones. Rocks. They put stones. They put, where is this Mishikas with the stones? What's with the stones over here? You put the stones, and then you gotta, you know, you, you ever zen, like zen, you know, ever go to the beach over there, you know, they're trying to pile, you're trying to pile them all up, you know, I think I get one more on top, so it falls down, right? Then, of course, they all fall down, and you know, you have to put your shears back up, or all of them back up. Okay, these are very difficult questions, right? Since the dawn of Judaism, they've been contemplating these things. But what, so what's this with the stones? So, based upon what he says exactly, this, it's the same thing. Because what are we doing? What's the whole point? People ask, what's the point of a cemetery? What's the point of a Jewish cemetery? What's the point? If it's just a mitzvah to bury the person, meaning they should go into the earth, you don't need a matzeva. You just put them in the earth. You don't need the matzeva. You don't need the monument. What's the importance of the monument? Because the monument says this person had an impact. This person had an impact. But his impact is limited. Her impact is limited. What do we do? We come, we take a stone, just like a matzeva, just like the mizbeach. We take a stone, we put it on top and say, no, it didn't end. It didn't stop over there. 
We're continuing. We're continuing the legacy, right? Arthur is davening over here, right? You're continuing that which you received from your parents, right? right? That's the idea. So when you go to the cemetery, you're putting the stone, you're saying it's like the, taking the matseva of our forefathers that was a single stone. That's it. No, no. And we're taking it and making it that it's bigger, like the mizbeach, right? That it's collective. There's a continuity of generations. The impact is still felt, right? And that is, right, you have the same word, because it transitions to be a different purpose, a different matseva uh, changes itself, right? In the Mizbeach, we work together in our service of God, and a person that lived, they had an impact, and their impact is continuing to create a legacy. <laughs> On one of the uh, roads that was by construction, uh, and they're holding up a sign, the end is near. The guy's holding up a sign that says, turn back. <laughs> so a, guy, a guy zooms past, and he screams out, you crazy fanatics. And he zooms past, and he goes right off the edge and into the water. So one fellow turns to the other, and he says, do you think maybe we should have just said the bridge is out? <laughs> So the Chavetz Chaim writes over here, he says, you have to, right, one of the prohibitions of, of, that he cites of Chavetz, in, in the laws of not speaking Lashonara is distance yourself from uh, a Sheker, from lies. And what does that mean to distance yourself? Is, is that it's not just an Avera. You have to go far away from it. And he says, look how careful you have to be. Let's say somebody asks you information about somebody. He says, yeah, the guy's quiet. Guy's quiet. The guy's very quiet. I don't want a guy that's very quiet. Because all you added was one word, very. Certain words, they make all the difference in the world. Says the Chavetz Chaim, you have to be exact in your language. You have to really assess what impact. It's not the words that are necessarily the problem, but the implication of the words, the, how people are going to receive the words. And therefore you have to act, right? The guys, right? You're right. They held up the sign and he crazies. And he drove right off the bridge. If we would have just said the bridge is out, right, that probably would have had the right impact. And therefore, you have to be responsible, not just for your words, but the impact that your words have. And that's really what the Chavetz Chaim is really trying to drive home in the laws of Lashon Hara. <laughs>